Well, Please. how are you, Lily? You're going to act like we didn't just talk for like an hour and a half already. Well, <laughs> yes, I'm doing great. Um, in the process of making my very own litany studio in my home, home office, appropriate for uh, pandemic times. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about being able to create video content and just visuals of outfits and outfit tutorials and have some, you know, good lighting and show off some litany pieces. So that's, that's kind of the big thing that's been going on with me is revamping my new space. So yeah. Yeah. Showing off litany pieces in your own hot self. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to be like, I'm tired of of seeing this Lily chick. I've been posting a lot of like, you know, photos. I, I haven't been able to go like full ham go on ham, yeah. those, those types of outfit posts yet because of my living situation <laughs> <laughs> got upended and I had to move. Um, so but, yeah, yeah, but now you're going to have, they're going to get to a point where they're like, we're tired of seeing get Lily. Ready. Get ready. This summer coming to theater. <laughs> She's going to be all in the room. You're going to hate it. In Cut off my face. Starving for personal style. <laughs> <laughs> In a world starving for personal style comes a girl who won't stop dressing up with her cat, Tito. Starring, <laughs> co-starring Tito Fallon. Guest <laughs> <laughs> featuring Ivy and Maisie Marinan. <laughs> It's amazing. Oh my goodness. Wow. They'll zoom in. They'll zoom in for it. Maisie's currently yeah. actually sitting in the window staring at. So, okay. So this is why we, we, we were going to record yesterday, but for, I told you about this a little bit already, but there's like the apartment building across the way from me. They were mm-hmm. basically like taking like cement and going up and down in this like man-made elevator scenario outside of oh, the building I know about, yeah. and like going yeah. and putting more cement on it and like the building already is covered in cement like you cannot see the bricks it's just cement. More. and they were putting cement. more on because there were more cracks and I'm like any day now this building next door to me is just gonna come down you know like too heavy you know but they were so oh man man I understand you need to yell at each other so you hear each other because you're doing a very important job um Oh yeah, they're just yelling at each yeah. other. But then it was like so nice out, so I wanted my windows open. You know, yeah, yeah. Dude, but the cats like enjoyed New watching. York. New York, that's Ooh. New York, and then any um any city that's you know an urban city. Because that's how. <laughs> what other kind of city is there, Lily? <laughs> an urban city, uh, <laughs> suburban city. cities. Pastoral cities. <laughs> Little house on the prairie, city style. Oh my gosh, yes. I live in a prairie city, um, but when I was in, well, I lived in New York and then in, um, in Astoria, it wasn't very loud, mm-hmm. but in Philly, it was super loud. It was like, you would always just like hear people cursing out the window, like, F you! <laughs> like just nonstop. And sometimes it would make me like laugh or, or sometimes it would be like drama on the street where people mm. would be fighting and it was like you know front row seats mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but sometimes if it happened at like 3 a.m it would be like mm. like the one time um a row home a couple down from us was on fire and oh. we were like oh wow like there's just like all um ambulances and or fire trucks and so we went outside and like everything was on fire it was like okay You're like wow. not ideal 
Ro we have home a firewall. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, but yeah, that was wow. it's funny, like now that I've moved back to a more residential, chill environment, you just don't have that like stuff it, at any given time during the day, like your, your work or whatever you're trying to record or talk on the phone could be totally disrupted from people just like yelling or construction or ambulances. And all yep. that. I yeah. heard, um, not, I heard, I saw that, that Instagram account, um, what is New York? I saw someone post something that was like, I think it was like, whatever. Um, there was like someone literally just brought like a motorcycle on a subway. And I was like, oh yeah. Like it just didn't, yeah. it didn't phase yeah. me that this happened and someone posted it. Like I was like, yeah, I've seen people yeah. bring scooters on the subway before. This isn't that much of a step up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a yeah. lot of opera singers on the subway. Mm. You know? I wonder yeah. if that guy is still going around. Have you seen him? He's an opera singer. He's oh, like, thought, no. Have you seen the rat off. man though? There's a guy who dresses up like a rat and like walks around like a rat. Talk. It's I've seen it on really TikTok. Creepy. Oh <laughs> so creepy. New York. Nothing <gasps> like it. New York. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about, about our New York, a New York life in the New fashion York industry. Urian says. And basically what, what needs to change since we talk about the human side of fashion, what needs to change? We have talked a lot about what needs to change in terms of fast fashion, the people who actually sew the clothes, all that stuff. But mm -hmm. there's a whole other side to it, which we have experienced firsthand, which is working in the city in internships and jobs mm -hmm. for designers, for like different public, like, I don't know, <laughs> for designers, for different brands and yeah. all of the stuff that we've experienced. Yeah. And yeah. what needs to change. And Olivia, well, now Sister Maria Dominique experienced a lot of this too. And mm -hmm. that's something that was really important to us in starting litany was yeah. that our employees had the space to be human um yes and not machines um and i love you for that <laughs> i love so we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about about that and yes um, and yeah how, well how we mean, do that i've told you about because i've i've been on this podcast before i'm a reoccurring mm -hmm, guest mm -hmm. like on snl i just keep on coming back double offender but um i think i had talked about last time about how i had my whole my whole life my dream was to work in the fashion world and kind of lead this snazzy jet setting lifestyle and kind of have like a devil wears prada experience minus the like abuse um <laughs> minus the devil <laughs> yeah minus the devil exactly <laughs> and i had i had like left new york after my job at Verily. And I was like, what is my future? I want to get back into that industry. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I did the St. Joseph Novena who always comes in clutch, mm. who I prayed for a new job. And I got this job mm, 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 for real. Mm. Anytime you guys need somebody to help you out with career stuff, St. Joseph really always helps out. So pray to him. But yeah. I yeah. prayed the St. Joseph, the worker novena. And I, at the end of the novena, I got a internship kind of gig paid assistantship, whatever with, um, this big designer label that I was like, that was like their number one fan. And by the end of the experience, I was like, I don't want to work in fashion anymore. 
Like I thought it was like my big break. And I thought this was going to be the thing that solidified my future in this industry. And it, the outcome was that I was like, I want to have nothing to do with this industry. I want out. Yeah. Mm. And a lot of that had to do with the treatment of the people that were technically below the designers mm. or the top people and all the people who were lower than them and how, how they did all of the heavy lifting and put in so much work and were like not appreciated. Yeah. So that was like my experience where I was like, I am not interested in, in perpetuating this industry that exists for itself and not for any of the human beings inside of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, bye. And that, and then I started doing my freelance writing. And then I started, I worked in ministry world for a bit doing communications for a Newman center. And then I was like, in my mind, I was like, I'm never going to work in that type of a sphere ever again, because I didn't think it was possible that a healthy environment could exist within a fashion brand or a mm. company or whatever. Um, and then Litany came along and I worked with you guys, or I didn't even, I didn't work with you guys. I just, li- I just hung out on a photo shoot. I was like, this is fun. And I saw how, Yo, what's up? yeah, I just like hung out for the day. And, um, I saw how you guys were interacting with each other because Michaela was on board, um, working mm-hmm. with you guys at that time. And you're the models were also like cool and friendly and the photographer yeah. and the makeup artist. And you just like treated everybody. So, um, yeah, like human beings. And from my experience, so much of the fashion industry is acting like you're a big deal just for like the sake of acting like you're a big deal. So you feel good about yourself and it's so easy to see through it, but it's like these people who will just like switch their vibes so quickly Mm. from being butt kissy and like super, super nicey, nice to people that they're trying to impress. But then as soon as they're dealing with one of their workers or something, they change and they're not nice anymore and they take advantage of them. Um, So when I encountered the company culture at Litany, I was like, you know what? Maybe it is possible. Like maybe it is, maybe you can have a healthy Mm. work environment in the fashion industry. Then I started working for you guys and it is true. (laughs) It is true. It is possible. Um, Is it common? Unfortunately, no, but hopefully it will become so hopefully hopefully it will become, but anyway, so that was kind of my experience with the toxicity of Hmm. fashion world culture. Um, and then how this has been a real breath of fresh air. Oh yeah. (laughs) I like, so both just sister MD, uh, she's going to kill me for that. Um, Part of me hopes that it becomes a thing because then <laughs> it could be like, hey, listen to the podcast. And then can she, is she, does she listen to the podcast? I don't think she does. I don't think she can. Oh, she okay. might be able to get permission from mother. I haven't actually asked yeah. her about it though. I did send her Polaroids though from the last photo shoot. So, oh man, yeah, that's soon. Cool. Um, that and like printouts, cool. such a niche thing sending uh, yeah. your sister friend, um, you know. Right. print out photos from a photo shoot of a company she started she started that, is, you. that must have been so cool um, but yeah she had experiences when we started litany it was like I lost my job or I got fired from my first job out of college and then I spent like a year doing freelance and photography and stuff like that and the difference that I saw in 
on set doing freelance work with this stylist named Tiffany Asmus, who we follow on Instagram. I'll like put her stuff in the show notes, but she's amazing. She's had a baby girl during COVID and she's really, really cute. Um, but she was like the first person I met in the fashion industry who really advocated for the people she worked with. So like I started working with her because I had a friend of a friend who was working with her for this photo shoot as like an assistant stylist and Tiffany was the stylist and it was with Vogue Hong Kong. And um, oh, what? I don't, it was with Vogue Hong Kong. Oh, I Hopefully thought you I don't said get in trouble. Hong Kong? I was like, like what? Come on, that is so cool. Oh my yeah, gosh. It was, okay. it was print. And um, hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying that. They don't listen to us. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> it all um, but I remember, so we weren't getting paid um, and Tiffany wasn't getting paid, but it was oh like one God. of those things where I was, there were, okay, there were 16 people on set. And I think maybe four of them were getting paid. That is so messed up. The creative up. director from there, the photographer, the models weren't even getting paid. Yeah. Um, it was like exposure. So. Yep. Yep. Um, the same thing happened with me when somebody asked me if I wanted to assist on a Vogue Germany photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And it was like, but you're not going to get paid for any of it. And I was yeah. like, okay. And I was just like, ended up being busy. And I was like, nah, I'm good. But yeah. like, it's such a common thing in the industry where like they don't pay people. It runs on unpaid labor, not just from the people who sew it, but from the design interns, yeah. from the stylist mm-hmm. interns, from all these people. And I mean, Tiffany is a really good stylist. Like she, in the other things that I've worked with her on, like she's able to charge good rates. Like she's yeah. very capable. She's a great eye, all this stuff. Like she's thought of things like a year before they become a thing. Yeah, yes. like she just has That's such so a good cool. eye for trends. Oh, she's amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, we actually sent her one of the blouses. Um, oh yeah. But um she I remember her being like the one of the people on set was just like it was the only Devil Wears Prada moment I really had in the fashion industry. Yeah. It was like just so like, are you kidding me right now? Oh and it God, was like, I got she was like, She needs coffee. And it was like the the like fear. It was like, okay, she needs coffee. I went and got coffee. I came back and she's like, wait, no, like to hide the coffee she needs it from like blue bottle coffee like so no it was like we hid way. the coffee and went no back and way, got it from the right dude. place quote unquote and it was like we couldn't let her know that we'd gotten the coffee from the wrong place in the beginning you know it was like and I remember being like the fact that this is like this is probably the one I don't know what it was like yeah. grace or something like that also probably the fact that Tiffany was like just so fun to work with and kind and all this stuff it like gave me the opportunity to like think about this of like this woman must have such a stressful life if the one thing she's looking forward to so badly is this particular cup of coffee that like right. she's going to be so upset if she doesn't have it. Like like, like it doesn't make it okay, right. but it also is like, you know, maybe if she had a much less stressful, you know, situation yeah. too, you know. I almost kind of think it's like a power trip thing. It's like a yeah. weird control thing. It's like, since I'm at this level, I now have the right to treat the people below me less than me it's like not about Mm. I almost feel like it's not about the coffee it's not about yeah it's about asserting yourself over other people and feeling good and that you're in power because of it yeah yeah it's either coming from it's coming from a lack either way it's either coming from a lack of energy and just like this is the one thing you feel like you have to look forward to or it's coming from this lack of self-assurance from yourself that you want to get it from other people and putting other people down um, Same thing happened to me with a salad order. <laughs> salad? Oh. It was a salad order when I was, it was like a fashion week thing. And I 
how to get everybody on the team salads from sweet green but because the one sweet green that we are all ordering from didn't have the type of croutons oh you had to that, go to the other sweet green the to get the croutons wanted i had to take an uber all the way down to something some like far away to get her special salad with the croutons that she wanted i was like what type of world do these people live in that they that like this is acceptable behavior and yeah. acceptable expectations like it's so insane to me that mm-hmm. was when I was like this. That was like my kind of like, like out, boy scout situation, where I was like, okay, it's it's a lot. So anyway, yeah, you were saying it's a lot, but anyway, yeah. But so that was sort of like one of those moments where I was like, huh, this must be like if people who are well rested feel like they have the freedom to be themselves, um, are coming from a place of security in themselves like all that stuff, don't treat people like that, you know? Yeah. So that was sort of like, wow, like mm-hmm. something's going on even at the higher levels oh, that agreed. is like a lack, you know, and, yeah. um, and not good yeah. for people. And then right. Tiffany made us like, her husband made us fish tacos. Huh. And then the next day I had to bring, so you have to pick everything up, have the day of the shoot. And then you bring everything back the day, the next day. And like, yeah. I had all the shoes and I had all the jewelry and I had like a suitcase and like a hiking backpack of mine. And I was going to like go and like bring it back to all the places. And her husband tried to figure, he was like, wait, I'm going to make an algorithm that shows you like the, the most, the most uh, efficient way to bring all this back. And it sort of worked. The algorithm worked pretty well. He got me a pretty good like thing. Cause some of them are in the same apartment or in the same building. Oh, right. Yes. All this stuff, you know. It's so true. Um, so you're not going back around to like the same places. Yeah, exactly. Or else. like yeah. going past something in the back again. And um, they're done that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really sweet of him. And then the next times, the next few times that I worked with her, she had told the team, yeah, I'll do this gig, but only if my um, assistant gets paid the same amount. Oh, so her which is great. And also yeah, those, that. those jobs, she was working with people who she respected, cre- respected creatively, yeah. who respected her creatively. They were all friends with each other. Like there was just so much, so much better energy. They had the photo shoot planned out yeah. really well in yeah. advance. They trusted each other. So like if yeah. the photographer said, I think we've got the shot, they said, great. And they moved on to the next thing. Whereas other yep. jobs I had had, people would micromanage and stuff because yeah. they didn't trust each other creatively. Um, yeah. And such a good trust point. is built on people treating you well. Yeah. And also just like yeah. trusting in your capabilities instead of having this like death grip on something that like, cause it's how all of these companies and whatever, they usually blow up because there is that lack of trust in the people that they've employed to be professionals and experts. Mm. And then they end up. Yeah sabotaging their own company because they don't trust or respect or care for the people that they've employed. And like at my like previous gig or whatever, the company was pretty much run by two women. Like it was this big label that celebrities wore, were on covers of magazines and had fashion week shows. They were a big Mm -hmm. deal. And then I come to find out that the company was pretty much run by two women who were so overworked and like, so, and like, they were kind, Mm -hmm. they were kind. They were the ones who would look at the assistants and interns and be like, when did you eat? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Like, have you 
done this, like go take a break or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They were the ones who were thoughtful. But then when it came to the designers, they were like, you are a pawn for me. And I really don't care about, I just like, it's almost like there's this feeling of like, well, you're honored. You should be honored to be in my presence. You should Mm -hmm. be honored to be in this space. You should be honored to be taking up space and breathing our same air, which just goes to like, it's like, that's how the fashion industry is. It's like models don't get paid for high end campaigns um, because it's like, oh, like this is exposure for you and you're lucky to get this. Yeah. Um, and th- that's why so many like models are actually broke. Like, yeah, they're, they're actually broke. Like they could be on Vogue or in Vogue or booking all these campaigns or well, campaigns usually pay more, um, yeah. like commercial ones. The commercial modeling is where the money's at, but high fashion models are poor as hell. Yeah. And it's because these designer labels that charge thousands of dollars for the products cannot pay their, they don't, they just don't pay their models. Yeah. Um, and it's this weird, like, you should just feel good to be around us. Like you're just lucky to be here and you're expected to grovel and completely like disregard your dignity as a person Mm. so that you can be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if people don't believe in their own dignity, take it out on other people. And, and there's also like this, um, it's like the feeling of like, well, then how will I ever make it in this industry? Mm. If I'm not willing to do grunt work, if I'm not willing to, if I stand up for myself and what I deserve, how can I succeed and how can I make it to the top? Because there's this attitude of like, well, you have to pay your dues before you can get to the top. But guess what? A lot of people don't make it to the top. So then you have a lot of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So then you just have a lot of people who've been taken advantage of and like crapped on by a very wealthy industry. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like how can, how can somebody step into that industry and change what it's like? Like how can somebody who's an aspiring stylist or how can somebody who is um, a budding designer, like how can they get the experience that they, that they need in order to succeed without being trampled all over. Cause we've seen that in a million movies. Like we've yeah. seen that in all the TV shows about a girl who moves to the big city and she wants to work for a magazine or a designer label. And she is treated like garbage, but then she shows them in the end and she's the most talented of them all. And there's like a montage scene of her waking up at four in the morning to get coffee. And she's sweating and crying and <laughs> like healing herself for this job. And then yep. the designer like takes her work and whatever. Like there's always some, there's always this story of a girl who's being crapped on and then she shows them and then she's the star. Like, it, yeah, but it doesn't show like, The stories don't show us what she does differently, you know, mm-hmm. which is, which is the fun part. Well, yeah. 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 Well, it just perpetuates that idea of like, well, you just have to get crapped on until you can actually be, until you can actually be taken seriously as a human being with rights and dignity. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like people will, um, I'm a big believer that you shouldn't have to teach people how to respect you because then it's just them, then it's just them seeing how much they can get away with. What I will say is if you stand up for yourself enough, the people who were not going to respect you will not want to work with you because they can't get away with that much with you, but you will get through those people faster. Yeah. And that will, you won't be stuck working with them for a very long time. And so then 
you will have the time to find people who want to work with you for the right reasons. And that's, I think what, what really helped with Tiffany being like, okay, I'll do this, but only if my assistant gets paid the same amount, I'm sure she had to say that to so many different, um, different people for a while before she found this, this company that was like, yes, we will do that. And we will hire you for each shoot as long as we can afford you. And we will pay your assistant the same amount and all this stuff. But like, it became a very good working relationship for her where she could rely on this company. She could rely on this, um, on this gig, however many times a year. And she knew that these people were going to look out for opportunities to tell other people about her who were going to be good for her to work with. Um, and so it can be super duper scary to stand up for yourself, but similarly to dating, you know, standing up for yourself early on, if someone doesn't like it, yeah, then, you know, yep. And Weeds then them out. you don't have to be around them anymore. You can, yeah. You know, it, it weeds them out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very true. Yeah. It really it's has to be hard and scary. No, go ahead. Or you it's hard and scary as all. Like, yeah. <laughs> obviously there's like, you know, you got to pay rent yeah. and all this stuff involved too. Right. Um, yeah. Especially when you're like a young, vulnerable person who's yeah trying to make it in an industry that they don't have experience in and they don't have an in because a lot of it is um there's a lot of like nepotism also in fashion where or just like super tight-knit circles where people who just because they know somebody or their dad is friends with somebody you get hooked up with some internship assistance ship and then you it's like weird like there's so many there really are a lot of people in the fashion industry who are not talented. Like, yeah, it's kind of the ones who get paid because there's the consequence of losing this friendship, this business relationship yeah. with their dad. If you don't. Pay yeah. them. <laughs> yes. There's really like a lot of not talented people in fashion. And mm-hmm. it's like kind of weird to think about yeah. like, and it's the, it's the people who've really had to kind of fight for their identity or, or fight for create or fight to work on their creativity or make themselves stand out. And yeah, like they're, they're the ones who usually end up moving to a city and trying to make it and hoping that their talent will suffice alone. But the unfortunate thing with a lot of industries, and this kind of goes for acting and singing and whatever. Yeah, for real acting is a big one in that regard too. Yeah, yeah. like it doesn't, you could be the most talented person ever, dude. Like you could be so good at what you do and it doesn't matter because your dad isn't friends with this person or you don't already have an in because you are a part of a upper, a higher circle of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. 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 I think, (laughs) (laughs) so I think tips that I would give people to sort of balance this, like, okay, I need to pay rent. I need to be able to take care of myself. And also I don't want to let my employer take advantage of me. Right. Would be, um, Mm -hmm. so sitting down and defining your priorities for your life. When I went to FIT, one of the first things I did was get honest with myself and say my faith and my mental health are more yeah. important to me than school. And my Good. professors did not like that. Um, <laughs> I was not considered to be um, a go-getter or, you know, other people's talent shines more when they work harder. And sometimes there's going to be a limit to how hard it's healthy for you to work. Yeah. Um, and you just got to get okay with that if you want to take care of yourself, unfortunately. So um, 
make like a list of kind of non-negotiables for yourself. I think like going into it, like dating honestly is really good where you're like, okay, I'm not comfortable pulling all nighters for my boss. Um, right. You know, I'm not comfortable. Um, I think the only all nighter I've ever pulled, and I know this is like being very privileged that I've been able to say this, but is, um, going when we had our first photo shoot with litany for Mm. Lord's collection and Olivia and I stayed up all night and, uh, and I remember us being like, this is the only, we're the only ones who will do this. Like Michaela, we were, was like, not there. We were like, this is not something for anyone else in the company to ever have to do. Cause it's yeah. exhausting. And like, you feel yeah. super rewarded the next day, but like, it's, it's not, you shouldn't have to make the work harder to feel more rewarding. Um, yeah. It should just be rewarding. So. Right. Not, and it's like, also tough because stuff. employees will often feel like there is no limit or yeah, that there's no limit to how much that they have to prove themselves. Yeah. That it's like a never ending task of proving yourself to your employer and securing your place. Cause I remember that too, where I'd be like, I I'm getting weird vibes from my boss and I, I've done everything right. I'm doing my job, but I feel like then because of these weird vibes or kind of snarky comments. Mm -hmm. I have to work a 12 hour day. And I feel like I need them to see me at my desk at Mm -hmm. 8 PM because then to that, they will know that I'm working hard and I'm committed to this. And then I will have job security because I'm going above and beyond. Or when, um, it was the, uh, like the first time that we did, I, I helped out or worked off for that designer label for fashion week. And there's this like weird unspoken, like, well, if you're not here until 4am, yeah. like zipping up bags and getting all this stuff ready. Cause it's not done. Cause we didn't hire enough people and there's not enough people on our team. Yep. Um, yeah. or everyone on the team is so exhausted that they can't yeah. work as fast because we've been yeah. overworking them all week leading up to fashion. Week. Yeah. And it's like yeah. the shade, like if you leave early, even though you would, you should be respected for like taking care of yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And leaving at 4am, especially when you have to wake up in like a couple hours to, to, to go to the show or whatever, like there'd be this, "Mm, okay, see you. Bye. All right. You're leaving. You're leaving. Yeah. That, that, that intonation you're leaving. (laughs) Oh, you're leaving. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Get some sleep. Yeah. And then, yep. and then like you doing that, the other, the other assistant or intern is like, he, 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 she's leaving. And so now I'm going to stand out more and they're yeah. going to like yep. me and more. And it's this feeling of like, if you feel like you need to stand out by running yourself dry, yeah. then like that. And it's really hard to feel like you're not going to be recognized for your work, but like, honestly, you're never going to feel respected by people who treat you that way. So you can take that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can like take that energy that you would have spent on this person and this job. And like, maybe you do, you do your job description and Mm. then you have your passion projects or your thing that like you clock out when you, when your contract says you clock out, you know, and then you have time to work on a project that you're really excited about with people who really value you. You know, yeah. you wouldn't have had yeah. the energy to do that. Or you have the energy to look for another job, honestly, that you right. wouldn't have had the energy to, if you were putting all that energy towards mm-hmm. this so, employer. So true. So true. Yeah. So, yeah. true. so yeah, that's, that's the, 
advice I'd give. Yeah. Um, yeah your advice is to prioritize yeah. your mental health. Yeah. yeah prioritize and to, like, your get... mental health. Cause like, if you prioritize your mental health, then it also shifts. Sorry. Are oh, you? No, oh, you keep going. <laughs> um, yeah. You just like froze. And I was like, um, am I still on the air? Hello. Um, but, uh, wait. did you watch love is one? The second season? Oh my gosh. I started to, and then I was like, I can't take this. And then I'll probably go back to it a little bit later. Cause I enjoy oh, okay psychoanalyzing that stuff too much as like like I'm there's this in guy in position it too. who goes oh my gosh it's such an insane thing to watch there's this guy in it who goes hello hello oh, no, I know what you're hello talking. yeah you see that on tiktok he's like the most like obnoxious guy on the show like ever and um yeah anyway that yeah. when you said hello i was like oh my gosh are we doing a tiktok thing hello um, <laughs> are we doing a tiktok, <laughs> doing a TikTok reference but oh, um, I'm almost gonna sue. Yeah, wait, what? Have you heard that one? I don't know that one. <laughs> Mine was like, still on Elmo TikTok, clearly. You were still I'm on almost Elmo gonna TikTok. sue. <laughs> it's like we're quoting TikToks to each other that neither of us have seen, but we're both cracking up. <laughs> oh my god. That is what's going on. Yeah, it is what's going on. Um, um <laughs> wait, what, what the heck was I talking about? We were talking about ADHD, um, ADHD girlies doing they think. Oh, that's another thing. Okay. Mental health stuff. Um, just get real with your employer about your mental health and like your capabilities. Like what, what, what type of work works best for you? Um, if you go, if you have ADHD like us and you go to visit, um, for an interview and this place has like kind of the the open floor plan where everyone sits at one big desk oh my gosh. and yeah, <laughs> nightmare. Right. And you're nightmare. like, mm, and it's not your best. You, tell them that in the interview, yeah. you know, like either you they're going to find such... someone who's better for the job, or they're going to talk to you about how they can accommodate you. Should that's you get a the good job, point. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause at one job I had, um, we were in a, we work building and yeah. sometimes it would just be so like loud in the we were yeah, so loud and even, you're like yeah and even in our office space I it would be kind of like chaotic and I'd be like distracted or there'd be other people talking on the phone or my boss would be talking on the phone mm. and I was like I can't I cannot write articles if you are talking at the same time my brain yeah. is trying to function and so I would go into these little um, these tiny little sliding phone call, like almost like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. little booths. They were small. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I finally have sensory deprivation and I can write the things that I do. Yeah. But sometimes I would get shade about working in those all day, even though I was getting my job done. Like I was yeah. getting buco articles done, like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. But it's, it's the- doing great at my job. But then it would be like, oh, are you going to go to your like little your little uh, phone booth again. Okay. Yeah. And if people don't, yeah, exactly. And if people like don't, um, people can, obviously they shouldn't assume things, but it can be easy for people to like, assume that it means you don't like them, you know, that you need separate yeah. sensory deprivation that you don't want to be around them yeah. or whatever. And right. sometimes it's just, I just don't want to be around anyone right now and being able to right. talk to your employer about that. And also too, yeah. in an interview, if they're like comfortable with you talking about that stuff, that's great. If they're not, that gives you information about the company that can yes. let you know if it's not, you yeah. know, that is um, 
yeah, I like, I didn't have my ADHD diagnosis at my first job. I think it probably would have made a big difference if I did. <laughs> um, because now yeah, like it, yeah. the, the, the way that I work changes depending mm-hmm. on also like, honestly, like my cycle too. And the way that that impacts my ADHD, that hormones impact my ADHD, oh, like wow. my work cycle, like the way that I work changes at different times of the month yeah. too, yeah. in terms of like my energy levels and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Facts. Um, Facts. facts but okay but this is other tired. Fun thing. It's the mm-hmm. other fun thing that I I was thinking about for this episode is um okay so our work day is basically designed around um around men's hormone cycle throughout the day where they like have a lot of energy in the morning and then they get more tired in the evening and then they have more I think it's estrogen maybe um in the evening after work so that's when they want to hang out with friends and go home and be with their family Whereas women's cycle is different than that. And it's also monthly instead of daily. And I'm sure it's different throughout the day. But so, so like, okay. And this is literally, um, okay. So only 40.2% of clothing is designed by women. Clothing for women is designed by women. Only 40.2%. Wow. And so I was, I've, I've always kind of been bugged by this a little bit because you realize it when you wear the garment and you're like, okay, but like you literally, like you put on the blouse and you're like this buttons, but once I move my arms, it gapes. Mm -hmm. Like people who Mm -hmm. don't wear clothing that they're making, that they don't have the type of body, have a hard time designing for it. Um, And I'm saying this is also part of why women's pockets are so small in their pants and stuff like that. Um, All of these issues and stuff. And um, and a lot of these bigger fashion houses that were started by women are now, now have creative directors who are men. Huh. So even stuff like that, like even these big houses where like, oh, it's named after a woman. Great. Maybe, it, maybe it's not being run by a woman though. You don't really yeah. know that. And I found, I also found some very interesting, um, little, I, I entitled this document fashion industry pod T. And I Whoa. went on last door and I looked at oh, yes. reviews of, of different fashion houses. We're not going to name names, you know, because we don't want to be rude, but these are, I want, very... I want to be rude. Just kidding. <laughs> I want to be rude. Let's do I'm it. Rude. Let's I'm do rude. It. Safe to say these are all brands that would show up in advertisements in Vogue or interviews in Vogue, okay. all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So most of the like, um, good reviews were like, good brand. It's well-known. They have a good aesthetic. I get to be mm-hmm. around pretty things all day. Right. Yeah. So they have pros and cons on Glassdoor, right? Oh, right, um, right. So here are some of the cons from these okay. very big brands for like the design team. Okay. Little to no pay, heavy workflow, working long hours, many unpaid internships. One of them, 45% of the employees would recommend the job to a friend and 35% of them approve of the CEO. Another one of them, let me see. would recommend to a friend, 63% approve of the CEO. So you have a lot of people who are clearly not quite happy. Um, So we got one one that really went for it here. Unprofessional management that that don't, I'm sure they meant to say doesn't, know how to manage a team through positive reinforcement. Don't know how. Yeah. Um, HR was very dishonest, non-communicative and non-personable at all. Zero check-in on staff during pandemic only to ask when we can come back. Lack of support with high turnover rate. No room for growth and tolerates poor behaviors and attitudes. Poorly handle situations and provides no follow-up. No voice. If they don't, if it's not what they want to hear, it will not go well. And this is one that I've noticed a lot. No bonuses despite growth and performance. Very common. Lack of strategic planning and messy organization. Seasonal sales associates in one of these 
places said, um, being around pretty things all day was great, but it was a low wage for such a large company, which is yeah. also very common across like all of the sales and salespeople in these retail yeah. areas for someone on the like design team for one of them. They said, if you are a person of color, executives make it extremely hard for you to move up responsibility, description. Yeah. Poor management support took roles outside of the specific job realm, racial discrimination and microaggressions at an embarrassing rate. Another oh person God. said very toxic corporate environment, poor CEO at the time, no empowerment of women. I actually saw many women replaced with men at high positions. Also, diversity was not embraced. Everyone works in silos and trust is hard to find. So, um, Dude. all this to say, look at the management at the top of the companies yeah. that you're interviewing for. Um, because like, I think one of the things that really saved um, Sister Maria Dominique's butt in her job before we started Litany was the fact that she had a really good manager who would tell yeah. everyone go home, you know, That's you know, like it's, it's the end of the workday. But yeah. even with that, there were people putting pressure on her and her team for production that she had to meet. So either she was going to stay all night and take care of this while her employees went home, or she was going to need yeah. her employees to stay over Christmas, to stay over Easter, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it can get very exhausting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you can have a really good manager who really helps you sort of deal with the higher ups, um, in any job, but the higher ups, oftentimes they do put pressure on management, um, that they're going to have to mitigate for you. And so then a lot of the management's energy is spent mitigating all this pressure. Um, and then it makes it a lot harder for them to you know, be creative, honestly. And we were kind of talking about this a little bit, um, maybe like last week of like, I started kind of questioning like, okay, so if your body is in this fight or flight response all the time, when you're in a toxic work environment, you can't really be creative because being creative means like you feel safe, you feel comfortable, you trust the people around you, you know that your ideas are going to be received in good faith. Um, You feel the ability to rest, honestly, because like, especially artistic creativity, I think a healthy artistic creativity comes from a place of rest. And I think, I think this is why we see so many designers just copying last season from other designers because they don't have the energy to be creative or the space to rest. And so they they can't contemplate these different ideas of how to, of what they want to design. And so they just have to churn something out. That's Um, so true. Yeah. to maintain like where they're at and like the production level and the expectations. Yeah. And also that something will sell well, that it'll be trendy. Um, yep. And like, you know, just so much time I think is spent like looking over trend forecasts instead mm-hmm. of like, it's, it's worthwhile well, to know the buying habits of the people you're serving. And yeah. also like, you can't only focus on like turning something so honestly sacred as clothing into um, something that gets churned out quickly and bought yeah. quickly mm-hmm. and something that is merely a product because yeah. it's clothing people's souls. Right. It's a part of somebody's identity. Yeah. Um, and then when you start manufacturing things that are just for the sake of money or following trends, mm-hmm. then it's like, 
really disregarding the individuality and identity um, and quality of the human person. And you just end up like, you're just kind of like a slave to making money. And it's not a artistic process really anymore. It's not a authentic process anymore. Um, That comes from that beautiful place of creativity. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's like commoditized and cheapened Mm -hmm. and like that's it shouldn't it should not be about that anymore like it shouldn't be about that period yeah yep I was gonna say for anyone who can't see lol for everyone except me Lily's eyes were like darting back and forth while she was talking about that which is a trauma response (laughs) is it oh my gosh it just happens when we talk about stuff we're like overwhelmed by or processing yeah what <laughs> you have to wow. tell me you have to tell me um the next time I do things so yeah. <laughs> like having more flashbacks to my well, like past jobs the thing that I've noticed I do that I started doing like within the last year is like my right eye will twitch when I'm like <laughs> dealing with stuff <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm probably like so yeah. crazy right now like I'm about to murder someone I promise I'm not um <laughs> you ever get like just your eyelid that starts yes. spazzing out and you're less like yeah yep. yep and sometimes you, no one else can see it but you can feel it and you yes. feel like everyone can see it <laughs> yes. And then you're like, do you see it? Do you see it? And then you like show, you like look at them in the eye, like so close. And they're, and like, they're no, like, I can't. Can you get no, out of my face? <laughs> we're really close now. Are we going to kiss? <laughs> oh, that's so true, dude. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Um, oh my gosh. LOL. LOL. What? I don't know if we want to, if we want to cut this out, but. Okay, we'll f- cut it out. Maybe cut this out. But your friend Tiffany oh. just posted the blouse. On stories, and she looks amazing. And she's with her sweet little baby. Baby. Oh my gosh. She's also funny. She's got this. Talking about how awesome she was. She's so awesome, and also she like. Um, honestly, we can keep this in. I feel like it's so fun. She um has she and her husband like really changed the way I look at my career and my relationship life because they both have jobs that are like creative and demanding and yet they're so supportive of each other. Um, Mm. And like something like him making tacos for her and the um, assistants who were helping out. He he was so pumped for her when she like booked that gig of like, it was her first time styling something that was going to be in print. And he was like, so pumped. Their apartment was like covered in all of these like dresses and shoes and like all of like, just so full of stuff. And he was so into it and so pumped um for her yeah and like wow real support yeah, yeah. real support. support and then That's also like want, they have yo. a kid now and she yeah. like the other day is very cute oh my is gosh. so like her nurturing personable loving attributes meld with her career so well and like I wow. really see that in the way she is as a mom even just through social media yeah. like uh, it's just great it's yeah. wonderful well, that's what like ideally work um that's what it like should be because we should be able to take the positive traits of you know who we are as a person into our workplaces and have that add and contribute to the the company in a positive way instead of negative company culture like 
pushing itself onto you and changing who you are. Like I've seen like in my past jobs, like there's this one girl who came onto the team and she was so like sunshiny and bubbly and bright and like upbeat. And then just as the months went on, her light just like dimmed, Mm. dim, dim, dim to the point where she was having like a mental breakdowns at work, constantly crying um, and quit like good for her. Good for her. But it was because of this toxic work environment that the boss had established. And I saw in her, I saw in other employees, I saw it in myself. And it's just like, it's like top to bottom. Like in order to run a company healthily, you have got to be healthy Mm -hmm. um, because it affects everybody. And you can so easily project your issues onto the people around you and it will blow up your company. And it's not, you're not going to be successful. Your company's not going to be successful. Your employees are going to be traumatized. Like, like get it together. It's a lot. Yeah. And I think like, this is why also, okay. So, I mean, I I feel like we already did a tip segment, but I'm just thinking more now, like, okay. Clock out when it says clock out, when you're like, you know, when your contract says you clock out, if no one, if no one's going to die on the operating table, you can clock out, you know, (laughs) like it's just, yeah, it's fashion. Like it will, the color cards will be here tomorrow. Like, and my kind of rule of thumb is if there's something that I can fix or do, that's going to help tomorrow move more slowly in the next five minutes, then fine. I I do that. But that's kind of like, it's sort of the, like, um, there's this rule of thumb that I've heard people talk about with relationships of like your partner's appearance and how to like kindly and lovingly, like, tell your partner if you like something or don't like something. And the mm-hmm. idea is like, if they can't change it in the next five minutes, like change their shirt or take spinach out of their teeth, just don't, Yeah, you don't need to tell them right now, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of like the, I mean, I know it doesn't quite translate, but that idea of if it's something that I can change in the next five minutes at the end of the day, then I'll yeah. take care of it. But if it's going to turn into a long conversation with someone that yeah. is going to last for an hour, then no. Um, or if it's something that's going to like require another hour's worth of work from me, then no, you know, or like you send an email to help with tomorrow, you get an email right back. Like you don't have to respond to that email, you know, like it'll be there tomorrow. Like I, and I know that like, it's a very privileged place to be able to say that. And obviously for everyone's situation, it's going to be different, but doing that as much as you can clocking out when you say you're going to as much as you can is great, yeah. especially if you're not being paid overtime. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, so that you can take a mental health day and just call it a sick day, you know, cause right. honestly it is a sick day. That's how I feel about it. Um, yep. and, uh, I think it's really, important to be at rest in order to create. And so if that's what you need, do take it, you know? Yep. Yep. You do it. I, I've basically started taking a mental health day once a month um, because I just realized I really, really needed it. Um, yeah. You know? And when you gave me mental health day the other <laughs> week, when I was like going through my like personal crisis, you were like, really just, just take today. And I was like, <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's because I was like, we've both been in that situation where you feel that way. And then you're like, if you've been in that situation before and you've had a boss react to it poorly, like you're like, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I got to really make yeah. sure that I'm perfect right now. And like, yeah. you should be able to be human at your job. And if you're not, yeah. then like, then something has to shift, whether that's boundaries within yourself um, and it is yeah. putting responsibility on you that shouldn't be on you, but that's the right. best way to take care of it in that situation yep. or finding another job. Um, yeah. And like, I oftentimes yeah. will think about um, the way that work is run in Europe. And like, I don't know if you've ever yeah. watched um, Emily in Paris, like the first season when I she like, shows up it. at the yeah. office at like 7 a.m. and no one's there. And she's like, the yeah, door is locked. What like, the heck? Yeah. And they get there, they roll up yeah. at 10 and they're like, what are you doing this early? And they go yeah. for like a two hour lunch break. And she's like, what is happening? Like, right. Paris is considered one of the fashion capitals of the world. And yes. they have a better work-life balance where they say, okay, you go to lunch. Like p- parents will go and pick their kids up from school and yeah. take them home for lunch and bring them back to school. Like that's amazing. that is normal, you know, and wow. like that should be normal. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's um, yeah. So yeah, yeah dude. Anyway, yeah. So treat yourself like a Parisian as much as you can. Yes. Be um, Parisian. And like, I think that it's tough. It's tough to like tell people who are like starting out in the work world to set all of these boundaries and stuff yeah. because so many people who graduate or are like young and just trying to figure out their life or like, you're just like desperate for work. It's like, yeah, I can see how somebody might listen to this and be like, yeah, okay. But I'm not actually going to do that because I need a job and I need to get paid at the end of the day. And I need to secure my career. So like, yeah, it is, it is, it is our responsibility to take care of ourselves. But really, I just think that the real responsibilities on employers And for more accountability of employers who treat their employees like crap, that they, there has to be some sort of a like ramification, like Mm -hmm. D-Day, no, it's intense. Um, (laughs) There has to be some reckoning for employers who have been, who have created that type of toxic work environment. There has to be people need to be like called out and there has to be like, it just has to change. Um, yeah. And like, you know, things like what you're reading on glass door is good. Yeah. Um, being able to people typing that stuff up. It's like rate my professor, but for work, um, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's also um, I think really good. It is on the employers and also like we, similarly to like relationships with our parents, you know, it is on our parents too. Obviously your, your employer is not your parent, you know, but this sense of like, there can be this feeling of helplessness of like, yes, my parents should be setting up this in a healthy way for me, but I can't make them, you know, similarly with the boss, like you can't, you either can leave or you can set better boundaries. Um, yeah. And so there needs to be a lot of accountability so that people aren't in that situation and I think a good way to take your power back if you are in that are in that situation and you cannot leave your job um and there's nothing legally that you can you feel you can do or you feel like you can't go to HR um also okay if if a company doesn't have an HR department should be a red flag 
10, 10 employees or more, I feel like you should have an HR department. That's just, or at least outsource. Yeah. HR. That's my, that's my vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had wanted one of those for a job that I had. I yeah. Like, same. I really wanted same. HR. Now there's no HR here and I like desperately need it. Yeah. So um, what was I going to say? So setting like small incremental things that maybe don't feel like they're going to make a big difference. You know what I mean? Maybe once a week you take your lunch out to the park and eat it at the park, you know, um, maybe instead of eating at your desk, you move to the kitchenette area, you know, these, these small things that, that they're not a big, um, assertion of power, but Mm -hmm. they're little things that can remind you of your own dignity, um, and kind of give you that signal to yourself that like, yeah, like I don't need to be at my desk 24 seven. Um, and in view of my manager at all times to be yeah. a valid member of this team and to be yep. an important employee who is yep. giving good things to this company. Um, yeah. And you're doing uh, your job. Yeah, exactly. You're doing your job. You're yeah. meeting your deadlines. You're doing it. Like, yep. Yeah. If they're demanding more of you and like breathing down your neck, it's like, this probably isn't the company for you. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, um, and so like taking these small incremental steps of like, maybe you can't just like leave. Maybe it takes a lot longer of an amount of time for you to find another job in your industry. So like clocking out at the time that your um, contract says you clock out once a week, maybe, you know, maybe everyone stays until like seven or eight in the office, maybe once a week you clock out at six, you know? Um, yeah. And then when you go home, you take that extra hour that you would have spent at the office and you put it towards research for another job, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like having plans really helped me um, of like a plan of like, even these tiny boundaries um, can help. Cause like, I want to say, it's the employer's job because it is. And also I don't think a lot of employers are listening to this. I think it's probably oh, mostly yeah. people who <laughs> are like, I wish my boss yeah. was better, you know? So your employees, um, these, these small ways that you can like yeah. assert your dignity, I think are, are a good reminder, even just to yourself, you know? Um, even if you feel like your boss isn't noticing, yeah. um, giving yourself the space that you wish yeah. that you, that you deserve, honestly, right. you know, and you're worthy of. Um, right. And- it all, it all goes back also, I think the main takeaway is that like your worth and value as a person and contribution to society is not how hard you work or, yeah. you know, how much you produce or, you know, whether yeah. a boss or a company sees you as valuable, you're valuable on your own and you have worth just as a human being, not for like how hard you're working to prove your worth. Yeah. Or um, even what so. like contribution you're putting out in the world, like just being yourself is enough, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't need your job to, yeah. To define that for you. Exactly. And it can be so easy to let people who don't respect us to focus in on that and try to change it, which I think yeah. can be like, and it's a natural impulse, I think. And sometimes if those people's opinions of us aren't actually upholding our dignity, sometimes it can be more painful for us to like pay attention to yeah. so much, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of going and working for people who will be nice to you because you deserve yeah. that. Whoever exactly. is listening and he's okay. You gotta find it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, any Catholic, gosh, this is gonna, mm, I'm not gonna say anything. 
maybe take that out Doug I don't want to I don't want to seem shady um <laughs> any Catholic employers who are whether you're a Catholic company or not who are using finagly ways to get around paying for your employees training or fun ways to get tax cuts just stop that just stop yeah. that's all just stop yep. like your I job just got in a situation like that yeah yep. your job is to take care of yep. your employees like yep. that should be especially as a person of faith that should be like number one so just right. just just do that you know yes um yes 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 yeah cool cool that covers it, <laughs> that covers um, it. my goodness well um lily's got her studio painted yeah um time to make it look pretty i've got my haircut and one hoop in because i'm a pirate today yes yes Love it. um thank you so much for joining us you are worthy of your boss treating you well yes so yeah yes yeah thanks for listening everybody okay we'll see you soon <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you later <laughs> peace thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of beyond the stitch our music is by trish vega you can look up on spotify our editing is done by doug cool thank you doug you're the bomb diggity and I just really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for being with us. And I can't wait for you to hear next week's episode.